0: Hello there, we've called an emergency podcast. It's true cult pop, hope you're right. I suppose you didn't expect to see us or hear from us uh, for another day or so, because, you know, what with it not being Friday, which is when we usually put the podcast out. Um, we, you know, a little bit of a surprise. It's me, Stephen Hill, I hope you're right. I'm joined by my partner in crime. And I say that because I've just watched the video for Turtle Powers. Uh, Turtle Power by Partners in Crime, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, theme tune. Nothing to do with this podcast or you really, Sam, but I was watching it. So I thought I'd say Partner in Crime because that was the act who did that rap. It's great. Cool. Sam it. Cheers.
1: <laughs> okay. What, why have you been watching Ninja Turtles? Um, can you, oh, uh, have you moved on from the 90s and you're going back to the 80s now? No, it Where is. Did Ninja nin- Turtles 90, start? 1990.
0: 1990, the movie.
1: Oh, the movie! I was thinking mm-hmm. more the lost of animated series when they were the Hero Turtles, because uh, you weren't allowed to. Uh, they, we're I think, there was to something ninja. to do with the of censorship. Yeah, like um, there yep. can be we're ninjas because it promoted ninja. violence in primary schools. So. Oh
0: yeah, nunchucks! He can't allowed to use nunchucks a little bit. I was actually watching a uh, an old school like YouTube video review of the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, mm. and then I was like, I might watch the video for the excellent song that came with it by Partners in Crime. And they about c you know it's about crime with a K, but also rhyme as well, because they're a rap band. Cool. Yeah. Hip hop has moved on a fair bit since I said, I think it's fair (laughs) to say. say. Yeah, yeah. As we are about to discuss. Yes, we're doing an emergency podcast because if you're listening and you're thinking, oh, you're probably doing like best albums of 2022 and stuff. We are. We've actually recorded both Sam and I's top twenty albums of twenty twenty two. And just as we were happy with our list and we were ready to go, this week, Little Sims, cheers for this, dropped a new album. Kind mm. of apropos, I'm going to say apropos of nothing. Actually, she did announce it on the 6th of December. So, But then I don't think it came out on the initial day that she said it was going to come out. And then on Monday, it was just there. And I was like, "Oh, okay, brilliant. Two weeks before Christmas, on a Monday, dropping an album. Um, classic annoy a music journalist move that isn't it really
1: yeah and we are so important You should have really thought about that <laughs> yeah. i
0: think so <laughs> yeah uh the album's called no thank you and we're briefly going to talk about it because we didn't want to let it slide i think Ooh. it's too big an album we've been too positive about little sims and she's too just too good really for us to ignore it but it's the fifth studio album from the uk rapper the recent mobo and mercury music prize winner who won for last year's sometimes i might be introvert album an album which featured in my top 20 albums of 2021 as she released it at a, at a normal time in the year and gave me a chance to put it in my list and obviously that's why every musician makes a record to get him in Stephen person. hills twenty, yeah, yeah absolutely. Definitely. and uh <laughs> so she's blown it already but um i saw this and i was like ah oh, fuck what do we do like how, do we wait and do and try and uh, they're always a bit kind of um there was a kind of bit eggy these sort of things, aren't they? In in these scenarios when you're putting a list together, because I kind of worry for albums that come out at the start of the year or right at the end of the year. I mm. do kind of sometimes worry for them because I mean, Glassjaw's um, what was that album called? I can't remember. Oh, Material, Material Control. Control. Yeah, Material yeah. Control by Glassjaw. It just came out just before the end of the year. Everyone had waited so long for it, and it comes out and it's sort of all right. And you think it probably would have been thought about and talked about a bit more were it to have come out and say like september october time mm. but it just sort of vanished just sort of disappeared due to the fact that it was out at the end of the year and then it was sort of gone um it's a it's a, a dangerous tactic in a lot of ways i think release an album at this time of year unless you're kind of going for christmas number one like lad baby or something but you know Ugh. don't do that
1: no don't be that sausage roll wanker
0: no no, no, yeah. no. raise a lot of money for charity fair play still a wanker um yeah. <laughs> But it is, it's 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 a weird it's a, a hard thing to get right. I think those, those sort of records, isn't it? Mm.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Um. I mean, it does feel like in. Uh, so it's funny you say you were watching sort of a YouTube review of films. I've been uh, rewatching a particular channel recently, and obviously, in cinema there is the kind of prize. Ben Shapiro. Oscar. Yeah, yeah, big fan, big fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love that- the way that he hates women. <laughs> so shit, that's good good, good so for you ben. Is, yeah it's yeah. really good that yeah anyway sorry you, mate sorry no that's <laughs> right because in terms of obviously there is the kind of like Oscar bait season and stuff like that so with yeah. albums I mean it feels like there is definitely a time where they are released in sort of consideration for award shows and stuff like that and uh I think I mean the content of this album is very pointedly against that so I think it does make sense that it's been released when it has Um, annoying as it is for people who want to celebrate it in their kind of end of year lists, but I don't think that's quite as important as what um, Sims clearly feels she has to say
0: Mm. and uh, I'm glad glad you said that actually Sam because when she announced that this record was coming out it's on the 6th of December she said there's a new album coming Mm. with a statement saying emotion is energy in motion honour your truth and feelings eradicate fear boundaries are important now um, that as a statement when you read it you go oh I wonder what that means I don't know what that's Mm. referring to but I think actually um like you say this record is clearly a record which is quite barbed in a lot yeah, of ways yeah, lyrically yeah, yeah. speaking regarding the industry in which little sims is now a kind of major player in mm. um sometimes i might be introvert by the way just before we get into it because obviously you and i weren't podcasting together at the time uh when that album came out what do you think about little sims as an artiste we've had a quick chat about her before but what's your sort of broad thoughts on her yourself um
1: so little sims as an artist i think is absolutely incredible i think she is an amazing force I think um in terms of her performance and lyrical capability let alone her sort of willingness to experiment with different forms and styles in terms of the instrumentation that she works with i think it's really impressive i think she is so cool as well just a know fucks given the the kind of person you want to see in kind of British mainstream music, because she just comes out and does art for art's sake, and it is, you know, <laughs> it's fortunate that her music's brilliant and does connect with so many people on a wider scale. But it's like, well, even if she didn't, I don't yeah. think it would, it, it, it wouldn't change the mantra behind her output if she was making kind of avant-garde freakouts and stuff like that. I think she's a really uh, impressive artist with a lot of integrity. I mm. don't know her entire back catalogue. I have listened to Grey Area. Um, and I've listened to sometimes it might be intro in a lot, and now obviously this one's come along. I think it's maybe a slight oversight to have not heard her stuff prior to Grey Area, but I feel like it it, it does work as a kind of a trilogy because this is the third album on the trot that um, is a collaboration with the producer Inflow. And I think it's cool to hear that there's, there is a distinction between the musicality on all three of these albums that does play into the lyrical narrative. Definitely. Um, mm. I think they they clearly make a very good team. Um, but in short, Little Sims, yeah, amazing. brilliant, really yeah. brilliant artist.
0: I'm the same. I mean, I spoke about, sometimes I might be an introvert a lot. Uh, mm. A Grey Area, again, is when I was sort of became aware of her, to be honest. So, you know, um, I listened to that a little bit when it came out. And then in the sort of build up to the last album, I listened to it a lot more. And I think those two... I think it's just absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I'm in... There's a kind of... For me, there's a sort of foot race between Little Sims and Dave for the essential voice in British music at the moment. Yeah. Um, it, if
1: you were only going to give it to one, it would be between those two, wouldn't it? Really, I think. Yeah. yeah
0: for me, those are the two. And I think... Hmm... I think Little Sims is now starting to... I mean, before, because the last two Dave albums have been so fucking incredible. I mean, mm. you know, my album of the year last year and Psychodrama, obviously, is amazing. And I've seen him live and he was amazing. I think Little Sims is kind of maybe, on the strength of this album, slightly maybe beginning to now, in general, overall, maybe kind of nose ahead a tiny little bit I don't know I don't know Um, I don't want to get into that too much that is a that is a whole other Conversation. That's a wide conversation, and you
1: know, this album. I mean, it's only been in the world for two days, and mm. you know, and we, we, because of life, the universe, and everything, probably only been listening to it. Well, I mean, I don't know about you. I've probably listened to this album four times prior to reviewing. I mean, I don't know if you've had it on constant rotation or what, but um I, I still feel like there is plenty more to dig into on this record because, well, as a kind of broad overview, I think it's a lot rawer and a lot mm. looser than sometimes might be introvert, and in that, I think there is stuff that you have to maybe listen a little harder for.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because, well, I mean, look, you know, sometimes I might be introvert was a massive album and quite the undertaking. Mm. You know, 19 songs over a 65 minute runtime. Here we get 10 songs over 49. Just yeah. Under, yeah, just under 15 minutes. And, um, you know, I think from the opening track, Angel, when it comes in and it is already straight away, it's more to the point than mm. the majority of the previous album. You get, quite a simple beat not nothing wrong with it but a very simple beat just starts you don't get a big build-up you don't get that big kind of orchestral bond theme flourish that you got on the previous record that you know that she came out to i mean again to mention seeing her at Reading on the main stage at Reading this year was uh, like the best thing i saw that weekend and probably yeah. i think like i said the best festival set i've seen for many a year many many a year she was absolutely amazing but i think you know the fact that it just starts and it's Kind of simple as a song. You sort of listen to it and mm. you go like, it, there's nothing wrong with it, but from someone who had such a, this kind of grandiose production on the last record, you are like, okay, this is much more, go back to basics, kind of stripped back. Lyrically, she kills it. That kind of... Um, mm that narrative about um people in record labels driving their kids that you want to drive your you want to use me so that you can drive your kid to a private school in a spaceship and then says i refuse to be on the slave ship slave ship and it's all about the kind of struggles of being in the music industry and how Mm. she feels as a kind of i guess like a kind of product of the music industry and you know it's something that she touches on a lot during a record i think she goes back to this quite a lot and i guess you would say if you had to say what is the kind of thematic through line of this record that's probably what it is um especially to you know in conjunction with her own mental health or how she feels about mental health as, as well and i think it's kind of a deliberately quiet and understated start um you know fuck the rules and everything traditional is one mm. of the lines that i that really stood out to me as well and i was like yeah you know like like you say releasing an album a few days for christmas on a monday with only like a week's notice you know when when you've just won the fucking been nominated for a brit won best newcomer at the brits won like the mobo for best album won the mercury music prize for best album you would think people would be like oh there's gonna be this big build up to the comeback and yeah from the first track she goes it's almost like going nah like strip everything away and i think that's really cool i think that's a really cool approach
1: i completely agree and i think it's really bold and um it, the first i mean there's plenty of lyrics across this album that really really stand out and i think um sims delivery is as you say pointed and it is barbed and even though you know she's not ranting and raving or shouting and screaming it's it's angry and i think righteously kind of indignant and uh, the the theme of the album as you say i think specifically you can point to a lot of it being about um the music industry and the kind of um the cost of fame i suppose to an extent and maybe um that uh air of defiance about i'm not going to give it my integrity just because i'm getting these awards and getting people coming to my shows and stuff like that um the first one that really really grabbed me though was um It's just a very simple line where she says, I figured this is my moment, got to speak now. And it's like, yeah, that explains a lot about why this album came out under the circumstances it did. And I was looking at uh, just some of the, well, some of the background on the album and uh, Inflow, uh, you know, releases music. Well, I assume you know, I don't know if uh, anyone listening will, but he releases music under uh, the moniker of Salt, S-A-U-L-T, and it is kind of just like drop as much as you want whenever you want however you want like i believe mm. he released five albums in one day uh, at some point o- over the last couple of years and it's like well yeah fuck that kind of traditional rulebook approach so <laughs> yeah, yeah. it makes total sense that the two of them be working together and the album would come out as it is particularly because it is so barbed against um i mean not even just music music industry exploitation but just exploitation generally um you know on a song like broken which i think there are, there are four songs that I can't separate as my absolute highlight of this. Broken would definitely be one of them. Yeah. You know, it's an absolutely glorious track. It, it's the, the quote-unquote epic. It's over seven minutes or whatever, but it's just this beautiful exploration of um, Sims's struggle with mental health um, as she's been sort of navigating the industry. But how that is passed on through sort of generational trauma, I think it's absolutely fascinating. And um, it's... Much like Dave, um who I think is a, a a decent point of comparison, um you know is exploring themes that maybe don't necessarily directly relate to someone like me or someone like you, because mm. ultimately we are white men, but that kind of you know the idea of a generational trauma it's something that you can understand even if you can't feel it, and I think she does it masterfully on that and um I think when the album is quieter. Um, more so musically, because I think quite often Sims seems it is delivering with a, a pointed and barbed and rightly so delivery. I think when it's quieter, that's when it really hits you hard. Although you do also get a song like Gorilla with that bombastic brass stab that comes through. And when it first comes in, well, so the track starts with it. when it first comes back in for the, the chorus, it's almost deliberately blown out. And it is it, an absolute smack in the stomach. It, is, it took me by surprise because the you know the sort of six minutes preceding that that we've listened to the album is it's pretty paired back and pretty measured and then you just get this flourish that absolutely knocks you for six
0: yeah i mean you've picked two of my favorites so i think like to go back to broken which mm. i think undoubtedly is the centerpiece if you want to call it that i mean it's track seven yeah. but it kind of feels like the centerpiece of the record in terms of like really kind of totally nailing the thematic through line as i mentioned mm. of of the record and i mean for a start just as a song before we even oh, get into beautiful. what it's about i mean it is huge and i mean huge orchestration the composition is so dense and so layered there are at least three different vocal hooks fighting mm. for space on that song at the same time and none of them really want to give up anything to the other and they're all absolutely brilliant but like you say lyrically speaking being a being relatable just In general, um, you know, talking uh, when you've got this kind of music which swoops and soars and struts in this amazing way, and then her dealing with, you know, she says about why is mental health a taboo in the black community, and you know, but also dealing with the how she's prepared for the challenges of keeping your mental health stable and in a good place when you're suddenly faced with the trappings of fame. And I think Mm. you've used the word pointed, and I think I've used the word barbed, and you've used the word kind of like. um, uh what well, you, you called it um uh, i definitely said indignant but like indignant, righteously yeah. indignant, righteously definitely. indignant <laughs> yeah. it never feels like she is feeling sorry for herself no it's never it's not like woe is you know me, woe is, is me in no. any way whatsoever but when she says something like sometimes a feather can feel like a stone you know that to me is it's a great line and it sort of transcends any kind of race sex gender mm. class divide you, that you may have like do you know what i mean it's like that that sort of definitely feels like it's for everyone and I, i'm sure it's not deliberately like oh let's write a line that everyone will get into no, but, no, no, but no, it no. is just like thing where you go like okay there's something that is that i'm able to anyone to look into yeah empathize with um that is an absolutely brilliant song i think you mentioned gorilla i yeah. mean amazing I think that might be my favourite song at the moment. You know, two days in, I think I've listened to the album eight times. I think. Oh wow! Okay, eight listens. So I've listened. I listened to it once on the first day, uh, twice yesterday, and I've listened to it five times today because it's, um, it it's got me now. I think it's totally got me. And um, I knew from the second, the first time I listened to it, and the the bass like boom 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 <laughs> boom. The kind of the um. Which is used on uh, the outro to Concrete Schoolyard by Jurassic 5. And yeah. I've never heard anything other than the doom, 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 do that bass line at the end of that song. Um, but when you hear the rest of the orchestra come in and that sample goes up, goes soaring off into the ether, it is fucking spectacular. I think at the moment it's my favorite song on the record. I think probably because it's one of the most. Um, instantaneous ones and certainly because it has a hook that i'm already sort of familiar with Um, it's got a
1: hell of a swing on it as well like there is that swinging swagger that sims really leans into i think that is a fantastic one definitely
0: absolutely brilliant and the thing is is that you know like i fucking love that she did this album uh that got a loads of kind of press and critical acclaim and you know kudos and she won loads of awards but ultimately it was this introspective album looking at you know um all of the the things that have gone on to, that have created this the, all these kind of disconnects in her you know mental health and her emotional well-being and all these sort of things and yet this song is proper old school G-funk gangster mm. dick swinging like it's amazing <laughs> name one time that i didn't deliver i fucking love that um you know she says i'm an introvert but i ain't timid and She's just talking about how she's the fucking best. And she's the yeah. best, by the way. Uh, I know the streets would love it like a brought Mike Skinner. That is like <laughs> such a fucking so great good. line. It's so good. And when the gospel kind of go that, you know, when they go going higher, that bit comes mm. in with that kind of gospel. Like, fuck me, what a song. I am so gutted that we didn't give it a couple more days because I heard that and I was like, I might give that a mention in my songs of the year. Cause obviously neither, spoiler alert, neither Sam nor I, I think felt comfortable Putting this into our top twenty albums of the year when we were recording literally the day after Yeah this record came out.
1: I'd, I'd managed to give it one listen by the time we did our end of year things. It was like I mean, it definitely deserves to be in there, but it didn't make it because I didn't feel like I'd got enough of a handle on it. And especially when I mean Gorilla is definitely an amazing song. I mean I would say for me the kind of the four highlights that I can't really choose between definitely Gorilla, broken. I think Silhouette is absolutely incredible. Yeah. Amazing. And one of the things that I love most about that one, um it it's got the kind of um sort of ruminative grandiosity of the opening track Angel, but and it is quite sparse. But it's where um I think it highlights um Sim's restraint basically because it's a six and a half minute song and she's not on it for probably good two minutes of the song. And the fact that she does let um the instrumentation have room to breathe and also room to communicate what's going on without lyrics. I think that shows a massive amount of respect for not only Inflow's production and, and kind of orchestration, but also just a massive amount of self respect. It's like, well, I don't need to feel every single moment of this album. Actually, there can be moments where I can take a step back. And I also think it wouldn't be one of my highlights, but um, still an amazing track. But similarly with um Heart on Fire, there's a point where Sivis is. Um, vocal line is almost being swallowed by the kind of rousing string instrumentation it's like you can imagine a more arrogant or egocentric vocalist would be like well no you can't hear me at points there and it's like but it works in terms of the kind of enveloping nature of well i suppose the theme of the album you know kind of being overtaken by a force greater than yourself that maybe maybe you're not particularly happy with um yeah I, I mean, I,
0: I I put that as well, because I think that, you know, you don't get many rappers that would allow themselves on an album with their name on to not be the center of attention for that long. All the way through.
1: Yeah. 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 yeah
0: for, for, for such a long time. I mean, you know, Silhouette is, is brilliant. I think, you know, when she's on that song, she is amazing. Her flow yep. on that song is It just doesn't stop. It's relentless. And there's Mm -hmm. something, which, you know, something I really love about her is this, there's almost like a kind of really, really cool stream of consciousness that comes from her. Like, it flows, like, they call flow, flow because it's meant to flow out. It's meant to just kind of roll out of your mouth. Mm. And the best MCs, even someone like, let's pick someone who we talk about all the time who is like our fucking favourite, Davy (laughs) Diggs, right? Davy Diggs has amazing flow. Not because he's, you know, he has that kind of scatter gun delivery um and he he can go at kind of a million miles an hour and it is incredibly incredibly impressive but like you said i mean spoiler alert for when you listen to sam's album to 2022 and he talks briefly about clipping you don't even feel like he's taking a breath no it is like a like a waterfall it just flows out of him and little sims more than kind of more than most like she has a real flow where it just feels like those Things are coming to her off the top of her head. I yeah, think like, improvised you know, almost. To, to you know, like it's it's um, and and a real you know personality is really important. david whether you mm. Davy Diggs or Old Dirty Bastard, like those are two people who are completely different. They both have amazing cadence and personality and flow, and she absolutely has that. And and that song I think is amazing. And when the choir starts to come in and. It elevates something which is already incredibly impressive, and then she just kind of leaves it. Yeah, and um, and I think you know, like you're you're right to pick out Infla. I mean, he's, you know, obviously, he's he's worked with uh, not loads of massive, massive. I mean, Michael Kiwanuka would be the other big one that he's mm-hmm. done stuff with before. And you know, if like one thing about Michael Kiwanuka's albums do sound amazing. So I think you know, she's right to go. Let's let this guy kind of. Open this box of tricks, uh, and and it's weird this record because I do feel like it's I feel like it's more straightforward. I feel like it's more to the point. I feel like it's, for want of a better word, a more simple record, a more mm. um, easily digestible record. Hence why we're reviewing it two days after it came out, rather than you know if we've been sometimes I might be introvert. I did think, fuck me, we might have to leave that a week or so because that's a lot to take in. Yeah, a lot yeah, to take yeah. in. Like you know. Um, and I actually loved the kind of the, the conceptual narrative of mm. sometimes I might be introvert. I actually I think it's one of the rare albums where that actually adds something to the record as mm. it doesn't just like, it's not just I'm always, I always go well done if you, if you added that and it didn't make the album worse. <laughs> like if you can just make it like as good, then good for you. But that actually I think improves the record. And so I did think to myself like, well, that's a lot of stuff to be thinking about and to be worrying about and wondering about. But, despite the fact that it is a kind of gloriously technicolored real sounding old school bombastic deep record it does also feel quite like you say quite to the point quite mm. markedly clear what's going on quite instantaneous and i think it's because the production even when it's grand it's just it's just so lovely like how could you yeah. not how could you not fall for that Do you know what i mean, I mean I mean, it sounds incredible. Like
1: this, is, this is one of those like get a good pair of headphones albums and just get lost in it. It just it is such a lush production all the way through. I suppose um, when I say I, I, I do agree it is more to the point than sometimes I might be introvert. I think maybe there's a part of me where it's like, I mean, it it kind of on the surface seems so simple, and then when you get a song like Broken, where you do have those three vocal hooks all kind of vying for space, but never necessarily kind of outshining one another. It's like there's there is more here that i feel like i am still overlooking even four or five listens in or whatever mm. um which is not a failing of the album at all that makes me excited to keep going back to it um i yeah really impressed by it i think the other highlight i would like yeah, you got four so yeah got four. the other highlight i'd like to note as well is uh the final song control which i think is um both musically and lyrically, pretty at odds with the rest of the record because it's the it's the one that I don't think is necessarily making a, a pointed remark about anything. It's it's more of a kind of accessible, almost, almost like love ballad, I would say. But the sparsity of the production on that, it is just Sims and a piano and then there's a light sort of choral vocal that brings in a hook uh, at the beginning and it comes back at the end. I think that's a really impressive way to end what has been quite a, quite a sort of not necessarily complex in terms of the actual instrumentation. It's not sort of millions of notes and minutes, but I think in in terms of the arrangements, you have got this multi-layered and dense album all the way through. And then to just strip it all away for those final two and a half minutes, I think that's a really cool way to end it. And I think the four songs that I would pick as highlights, the reason they're there is that I think they all represent the very best facets of what Sims has done on this album, basically. I think it's a wonderful way to end it. And actually, who even cares as well? I think who even cares is beautiful with Cleo Soul's breathy vocals that segue straight into sims and it's the first time we hear her sort of sing on the album for mm. lack of a better word you know she is going for a more kind of melodic delivery and it could have kind of took me back it was like well i can tell that's little sims but doesn't sound like she sounded for the preceding 40 odd minutes i think it's really really cool um it's a really impressive album um it should have been in the end of year list mm. just didn't feel confident to put it there
0: no i think we couldn't do it at the time and i i I'm, again i'm glad you were out of control because it reminded me of we spoke when we spoke to jamie lemon and we spoke about jamie's last album and i picked mm. up the, the the wedding ring and i said you know like almost sort of apologized for saying oh it's quite earnest which you know it wasn't something which meant was meant to be an you know an insult it's like no that's that's like the earnestness of it is what makes it work and the fact that jamie sat at a piano with what seemed like one microphone on the other side of the room and Mm. just sang a song on the piano and it was you can hear the kind of crack in the air you can hear the the sound that in the studio you can hear the atmosphere whatever that thing is you know you can't kind of quite quantify it but that. Because it's not lo-fi. I know lo-fi is is a specific terminology for something, but like, let's use it as a you know a kind of I, I don't know a, a code word for yeah like <laughs> very very sparse production, right? So yes. um we have got this song at the end, and I mean I love the line. Sometimes when you have trauma, you feel like trauma is always going to turn up at your front door. Again, very very relatable for you know if, if you're somebody who I guess has been through those things and has felt Mm. like you you're kind of whatever's going on you just dig deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and you know like i I think she has a real great way of summing up something as complex as that in a sentence it's fucking brilliant the the Mm. vocals like you mentioned are brilliant and it all feels so live in the studio piano and vocals and after you know again i think to say this is not an album of any depth is is obviously nonsense like musical depth or dexterity or grandiosity i think in comparison with sometimes i might be introvert mm-hmm. i think it is a much i think it's a which is throughout the entire runtime is just like bish bang wallop like voom like what a move what a <laughs> crash bang <laughs> what's an album video what's an yeah. album um, but i think it's just you know like th- there's a lot going on in that record a hell of a lot mm. and, and you know like the i think you kind of Touching it a little bit with going back to broken and not noticing and stuff, it's like it all, it all sat, it all is made to feel. It gives the illusion of being simple. It gives the illusion mm. of being quite easy, and it gives the illusion of being like quite straight ahead pop songs. But actually when you get four listens in you start to see other stuff when you get five in you start hearing other stuff and you get six in seven in, you know i'm a couple of more listens into it than you i still feel like there's plenty of stuff which i'm sure will come to me in the aftermath of this review Uh, it's still you know again i'm a bit like ah man this definitely would have gotten at least got an honorable mention almost certainly would have made the top 20 to be honest i do think it is absolutely brilliant um But I do think to end, yeah, to end the record with this life sounding minimalist, paired back piano and two, 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 three vocal kind of harmony thing and nothing else is really, really cool. And for it to be about something which is a bit more um, understated than what the rest of the album is about. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, like you said, like this is, this is weirdly, uh, you know, like got some stuff in it which is kind of kind of angry i mean you know the yeah it's it's
1: all very direct and i think um i mean i don't know loads about sim's sort of personal circumstances but you know she's been very open about um having to cancel a us tour because of financial difficulty well financial impossibility and that's something we've seen with so many Mm -hmm. artists over the years over this year in particular and and um the uh split with a long time long time manager i mean i saw that a lot of people say now it sounds like yeah. there are certain lyrics that are directed at that person in particular and it's like well i don't know enough about that but i think you know well, look, you, you, no, can tell no that, you can tell there's an apparent target
0: yeah like, no mercy is another one i think which is like so blatant that yeah. it is about you know it's um it's funny actually because this is every time we've reviewed um a, quite a big rap album Hmm. I always go, oh, and here comes the mumble rap, stroke, calypso, you know, whatever bits, which I am not that keen on. And No Mercy musically doesn't go down that route. But she does have a slight mumble rap cadence on that song, yeah. I think. Her, her approach changes a little bit. And I'm almost wondering if she's doing it to kind of prove a point that this is really easy and I <laughs> can still make it sound good. Like, you yeah. want me to be this kind of commercial Rapper, whatever, diss track I, writer. Th- yeah. This this track is sort of the style of that, but I'm too good. But I'm still better than all of those people. Um, mm. uh, a bit like Neil Fallon doing "Careful with That Mic," where he's sort of taking a pit. He's going rap metal shit by doing a better rap metal song than <laughs> like being a better rapper yeah. than Fred Durst by like saying that and saying how shit it is. But um, but it's so good. Like the, the I think like the irony, irony is I'm the only one not getting paid. Um, which she says uh, and then before going on saying that she probably paid your bar bill. And again, you know, it feels like it's really going out hard on the music Mm. industry, calling out the bullshit and the fact that, you know, labels and everyone else get paid before the artist does. What's the line? Uh, If your contract is longer than two pages, that's a bad sign. Talking about, you know, one minute they're giving you a three-course meal, suddenly you're on a three-month tour, Um, you know, and then at the end, just don't sell your soul. It's a trap, like she fucking kills it and again for the last 90 seconds takes a back seat lets the music just drift out lets the music let lets you kind of ponder on these thoughts makes you go oh okay yeah and the music is still there sounding great but she she doesn't she doesn't over egg it she doesn't Mm. out like last that you know she makes that point and serves the song and the song serves itself and carries on and she doesn't have to feel like oh you know i was talking about well, there's that still as well like do you know what i mean it does she doesn't need to do that and i think like uh without wanting to sound like a fucking wang you know people like, it's the with with clapton it's the notes that he doesn't play do you know <laughs> yeah, what i mean yeah, 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 <laughs> it's yeah, yeah, like well, I, I don't i don't play any of the notes at all so i must be the best guitarist I must be a in genius world. yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you know what i mean it's like leaving that space mm. i think shows just how good a musician she is not just a rapper not just a lyricist but actually how good of music how much she understands the impact of music
1: i completely agree completely agree um and i I think it really benefits the album i mean as i say that was one of the things i really liked about silhouette i definitely agree with it on no mercy and it does it happens a few times throughout the album no mercy actually when you're saying about um the sort of almost mumble rap cadence that's the one song where i feel like instrumentally um mainly just in the verses i think the choruses do go for more of that kind of flourishing bombast but in the verses that i did think yeah this is the one that sounds sort of most contemporary to my ears where it's got that kind of like more modern dub feel where the bass is just that kind of like sub frequency throb that's coming through it's not plucked like it is on gorilla in that sort of jurassic five way um yeah it's um yeah it's an album that i think (laughs) as as we have said on the surface is really instantaneous and enjoyable but I think there's a lot more to it that I haven't even scratched the surface of and I can't wait to keep going with it i mean to be honest when i listen back sometimes I might be introvert there's stuff that i've missed and it's yeah. like we've had that album for 18 months now so yeah yeah you know. uh
0: last thing i'm going to point out because i go mean on. i think every song's really good i could go through kind of everything like the kind of the do-woppy stuff on sideways which is you know um that she kind of manipulates that that hook uh, i think is really cool and it's, it's very very quick but it, it's um you know again i like the uh, i like the sentiment um of her basically going I know what my career, what what's best in my career. Fuck off! Like you don't yeah. know me. I know myself. But there's a song called X, which has this really cool militaristic beat. I really like that. Has a sense of dread and threat from somewhere deep down inside it, and yeah. it all kind of comes bounced along with her vocals. And that kind of, like I say, gospely backing vocal, which kind of starts quite low and gets higher and higher. The piano sits really low in the mix, but it sounds really great, and it begins to kind of swell and build. And it's basically a song about sort of, I guess. Um, societal ills, societal decay and mm. you know the more the song goes on the more kind of frustrated and the more flustered she gets and the more the music builds with her and i think that is a clearly to my mind a very deliberate thing to do her mood and her frustration rises as the music does mm like with her um there's a bit where she says i'm peaceful at heart but i think you should pipe down and it feels like it's said through gritted teeth and at that mm. point you can feel just like the intensity it just ratches it up a little bit more um she's brilliant she is Brilliant, and this record is brilliant. So I've mean, chuck, chuck, t- chuck chuck been chucking, chatting, chucking to, chatting to, chatting to. I'm not even chucking anything. I've been mean, chatting to Merlin. <laughs> I actually asked Merle if he, from formerly editor of Metal Hammer, if he wanted to come on and review the album with us. And he was a bit like, "Oh man, I don't know what I've got to say about it, other than I think it's fucking brilliant." And he said to me, he's like, he messaged me earlier. He's like, he's been listening to it non-stop since it came out. Probably listened to it more than me. And he says, he's like, I think. It's definitely better than sometimes I might not, I might be introvert. I cannot make that call yet. Um, I can see how they are both really different. Uh, One is this massive, bombastic concept album, which we've had for 18 months, which is so dense and so layered and so interesting, so honest, so um, relatable to kind of everybody. And this is a much more straight ahead record, a much more, I think, song based, song by song by song based Mm -hmm. record. It's kind of more straight ahead, but it is still, like we've already said, complex. You know, Angel starts and we're in, you know, like once once you kick off with Angel, we're in. And, you know, I still think there's far more going on here and on this record than most records you and I will listen to. But for me, um, I think it's way, way too early to make the call. I know Merlin likes music to be a bit more simple and instantaneous and straightforward. Mm So I think for him, that might be one of the things that one of the reasons why he's Already, like, I, I I, prefer this one. Yeah, Too early a call for me. But what I will say is, we said at the start about Glassdoor's Material Control and how that kind of came out late. Everyone was really excited. You'd think the first Glassdoor album in, what was it, fucking 16, 17 years or something? It was a long time. Yeah, where, it was a long yeah, time. Yeah, I think it was you, 16, yeah. Yeah, no, you think... maybe uh, Doesn't matter, okay. but yeah, a long but time. Yeah, <laughs> Well over a decade. You'd think that everyone would be like, oh my God, like, oh, and go on about it. And because the record was all right yeah it did sort of get forgotten about i still think that we'll be talking about this one for a while because i think it's oh, too good yeah. Yeah. I think it's too good to to just i think the the fact that she's doing it when she's doing it releasing it when she's releasing it deliberately so i don't think it's going to hamper it because i think the record itself the quality of the record is just too good this it, album is it. fucking excellent yeah,
1: too excellent to be forgotten. It's not going to be a footnote that came out at the end of 2022, is it? This is going to be one people are still talking about by the end of next year. Although who knows, might have had three new little Sims albums by the end of next year. If she cool, does go so. with the kind of, oh, I mean, I'd, I'd be fine with that. But if she's going to go with that more kind of like salt based release of just like, I will put what I want out when I want to. It's like, well, we'll see, won't we? And I'm,
0: I'm well up for it. We will see. We shall see. I tell you what, whatever happens, you know, Sam and I will be here ready to report on how good it is. Uh, I can't (laughs) say much other than it's really good. But there, there you go. Um, Look, we, 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 we thought about chugging this in the end of year pods, but trust me, they're quite long. Both of the episodes that we've recorded are quite long. And I think this record, we just wanted to talk about it because it is really, 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 really good. It's called No Thank You. It's by Little Sims. Came out a couple of days ago. Those are our thoughts on it. We'll see you on Friday for our lovely end of year rundown. Cheers, guys.